0: everyone, this is episode 690 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, October 18th, 2019. I am your host, Mark Janez, and today I'll be talking about Ghostbusters Remaster, Ping Redux, the Shadowfall mode in Apex Legends, and the Analog News, which I think was released early news-wise. I think the embargo was broken, but I'm not sure about that. I don't remember exactly when the embargo was. I thought it was the 18th, meaning today, but the news came out, I believe, on the 16th. And I'm going to start off with that because that is the most exciting bit of, well, yeah, news, because it's the only piece of news that I am talking about. But I think it's the most exciting thing to talk about this week. And it is what a lot of people expected after their little tease that looked a lot like a Game Boy screen. They announced the analog Pocket. And I'm going to read this right off their site. A multi-video game system portable handheld. A digital audio workstation with a built-in synthesizer and sequencer. A tribute to portable gaming. Out of the box, Pocket is compatible with 2,780 plus Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance game cartridge. I don't like the way this is written. This is out of the box. Pocket is compatible with blah, 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 Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance game cartridge library. This is weirdly written, and I don't like reading it because of that. I'm going to read this again. A multi-video game? Yes. A digital version. Yes. A tribute to portable gaming? Yes. Out of the box. Pocket is compatible with 2,780 plus Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance game cartridge library. Yeah, that is that is weird. Uh, fix that. Please. Pocket works with cartridge adapters for other handheld systems too, like Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket Color, Atari Lynx, and more. Completely engineered in two FPGAs. No emulation. And I will say this first and foremost, don't get your hopes or don't get too excited about the adapters for other systems at this point. I think they said that one, maybe two will be available at launch, though who knows if that will end up staying true but um if their past history is anything to go by they could be unavailable for a very long time uh just basing it off the game gear adapter that was supposed to come out for the mega sg and is still not available and at this point with this announcement of the analog pocket i wouldn't be surprised if The Game Gear adapter for the SG specifically never ends up coming out. In addition, the Pocket has a 3.5-inch 615 PPI LCD screen, which is crazy. I don't even know if any iPhone has ever had a PPI that high. It is 10 times the resolution of the original Game Boy. And it definitely seems like it, it was designed for playing Game Boy games in particular, uh, just for the screen and everything. You'll have to deal with like black bars or whatever with Game Boy Advance games. But um, I was pretty lukewarm on the announcement at first because the first story that came out only mentioned the handheld, which does not have an HDMI out. And that was the biggest thing for me in terms of whether or not I would be interested or not. I want to be able to play these games on my TV. There are ways of playing these handheld right now. You can get a modded Game Boy Advance that has a backlit screen that looks really nice, and I'm sure is way more. Co- like I, I really like the the feel of the original Game Boy Advance, the the long one. The SP was nice because it added a, a better backlight. I mean, it added backlight and everything. The the what version two or whatever added the better backlight. Um, my my Game Boy knowledge isn't the best, but um, I never liked the way the Game Boy Advance SP felt. It's not a very comfortable system, and this the pocket is definitely the the form factor is very reminiscent of was it the, the Game Boy Pocket that it, that it was called that that slimmer model, which I always thought looked really sleek. I never had one. uh, My first Game Boy was a color purple color, which I got so that I could play Pokemon. And I'm not sure how comfortable it will be to actually use this system. Um, It looks nice. It comes in two colors, uh, black and white. And it's very sleek, pretty sexy. I'm a big fan of the black. I think that one's definitely going to be the the I, I think the vast majority of people are going to prefer the the black one over the the white one. It is a little annoying that on the front they have a little like I, I think I think it says FPGA on it, and it just kind of is there, and it it takes away a little bit from the beauty of the system. I wish that was on the back or somewhere else or just not at all. You don't need to. I mean, do they? need to have FPGA on the console at some, in, in some place. Do they have that on the SG and the NT, the Super NT? I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like I've seen that, but that's a little weird. I don't like that. But I was, like I said, initially lukewarm on the announcement because I'm like, yeah, this is cool, but if I can't play these games on my TV, I don't really care all that much. And then more stories were coming out and they had a mention of a dock and of course this is later confirmed on analog's official site with their official details and reveal of the analog pocket and there is in fact a dock with hdmi out two usb ports for wired controller play it has bluetooth so you can do wireless play and that changed me from eh. I don't know if I will be getting this too. Yes, I will be getting this 100%. But the dock will not be coming out at the same time as the console. It will be a separate purchase, so it will cost however much more the console itself the uh, pocket will cost $200 and the dock I assume will be anywhere from $50 to $100. I I would lean towards $100. I think you should look at this as very similar to the Switch in terms of price. Maybe the dock will be 70, 75, somewhere around there, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a hundred. And because they're being sold separately, I, and I would recommend most people, if you if you're interested in playing these specifically on the TV, if the dock is something that really uh grabs your interest, if it's something that makes this way more of a desirable purchase, wait until they're both available to buy them. And I say this because I've mentioned this in prior episodes. The shipping costs via analog are horrendous and i would not be surprised if just getting the dock by itself and like the dock and the pocket are both tiny they're the tiniest things uh, in terms of their you know overall size that analog has built you know they're both smaller than uh, the sg or the super nt and anything prior to that but I wouldn't be surprised if they still charge like $20 shipping each if you bought them individually. And the thought of paying an additional $20 to get just the dock for shipping is very undesirable. Like I would never in a million years be willing to do that. And it's not because I only believe in free shipping. I understand that a lot of people these days, thanks to Amazon and now a lot of other online storefronts, People expect free shipping and anytime they have to pay for shipping, they they don't like it and the more it costs, the more wary they are to make a purchase. I don't have a problem with paying for shipping. I buy a lot of things via third parties through Amazon and that's usually around $3.99 shipping. That's like the going rate and the same goes for eBay. 3.99 dollars is a very popular uh, shipping and handling cost. And as somebody who has shipped many things, you know, mostly via eBay. And well, I, I ship a lot of artwork too, but that, that's a whole different thing. Cause like you have to really package and like you want to make sure that art stays secure and, and doesn't get damaged. Uh, that's a whole another story, but, um, Just shipping stuff via like eBay or whatever, I know how much things cost to ship, and I know how much things cost to ship that are the size of like the consoles and and the size of what these things appear to be. And if they do charge around 20 bucks for each, that's ridiculous. Because at the same time, and maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but their packaging, not talking about the packaging that the consoles come in, you know, that's nicely set up. But the actual box that the packaging for the consoles comes in is not packed so well and full of so much like oh it's got all of this bubble wrap in the and these custom inserts that uh, would cost like it's not packed that well um, uh, not justifying the price so that is why I'm gonna wait until the dock is available to purchase it. But I'm very excited. You can just go to analog.co and it'll be the first thing that you see. Click the image and you'll get all the details. You get some images of the console. You can give them your address to be notified as soon as quantities will be available. The pocket itself, the console, won't be shipping till next year. Who knows? Probably I would expect it to come out somewhere early uh, next year. The dock, who knows. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to wait for the dock. And then the adapters. That's a big, big question mark. Uh, And the the console comes with a rechargeable battery slot for micro SD. Does USB-C charging. um, Has headphone output. And um, yeah, it looks really nice. Not sure how it feels. I don't like this. FPGA little thing on the front that I just noticed now, talking about it. But, um, yeah. Uh, no no price, on like I said, on the, the dock yet. The analog dock? To be announced. When? Who knows? But the, the funny thing about seeing this announcement is that I, of course, after it was announced, checked PolyMega's Twitter and all that kind of stuff, just to see how people were reacting, and people are getting a lot more testier after this. They're like, Analog just announced this and this and like we're still just waiting for the announcement of a release date You keep teasing this big announcement now, but you're not even telling us when this announcement like it is ridiculous The fact that they're like oh, and oh, we finally are gonna be able to reveal some big news Um, They can't even let us know when they'll be able to reveal this big news It's it's all weird and fishy And it would be funny if the big reveal was oh, yeah, no more. We're done with the Polymega. It's over. Everyone who put uh, gave us money, we're we're keeping it. Bye-bye. Bye bye, bye, Alicia. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about the the pocket because of the dock. If if not for the dock, I would be like, yeah, this is for some people, I guess, but not so much me. I mean, the the adapters would make it. Will make it. Hopefully, that they come out. Um, a a much more desirable thing because the you know Neo Geo games in particular, whether they're you know portable ones or just Neo Geo games hold up so well and they still look so like the Neo Geo in all its forms is like pretty damn awesome and uh, a lot of people never got to play all those because of the, the cost of them. Anywho, so what i've been playing i'll start with the thing i have been playing the most which of course is apex legends and i did put a bit more time into the shadowfall mode even though i'm not it's not that i'm not a fan of the mode i think it's a fine mode however the fact that the stats in that mode count towards your overall stats bothers me and that's because it's just it's easier for like one it's counting as your games played so anyone who has a, a really good win-loss ratio is going to be super peeved to play it it's really easy to just die because you're by yourself you don't have a team supporting you so if you're caught off guard it's just an instant death and that's it um but ignoring all that as a mode it is fine it it takes us back to king's canyon and it's at night time spooky spooky Uh, I really like what they've done with the environment in terms of lighting, a lot of candles. The pit is really well lit and looks amazing from the the sky when you're dropping in. And it just, it has a nice sense of atmosphere and all that jazz. And then the mode itself involves somewhere between like 30 and 40 players, all solo. There, There are no squads in Shadowfall. And when you die, you turn into a shadow And being a shadow is where you then go around trying to kill all the other legends. And when the match is down to 10 legends, a evac ship will be coming in to pick them up. And those 10 remaining legends can see each other on the map now and can work together. You can revive each other and uh, you work together to try and make it to the ship and win the game Uh, while the shadows are trying to destroy you. I've played, I don't know, maybe a dozen matches at this point. I've won as both the Shadows and as the Legends. And it's it's fine, but I definitely prefer the traditional Apex mode playing as a team. I just, I find that to be more much more enjoyable. I like it when they play around with limitations in squad modes, like with Armed and Dangerous, which I adored, which was the shotgun and sniper rifle mode but um yeah it's just it's frustrating because there are things that I want to get via just the the challenges for that mode that are going to make me play it until I unlock those certain skins and of course with any event they have more exclusive skins uh, for the legends for weapons some charms and the heirloom for lifeline this time there was one for i don't i don't know if they all have had heirlooms but there was one prior to this that had one for bloodhound but the heirloom is bullshit because it requires you to purchase or unlock via the loot boxes all the items for the event and each event has 24 items 12 rare items and 12 legendary items you have to unlock all those in order to get the heirloom at least in this case, the heirloom doesn't cost you any money. The one for bloodhound, which I didn't get because I wasn't going to buy enough stuff to unlock the ability to purchase it. Cause that's how it was set up in, in that event. You unlock the ability to purchase it for like 24 bucks or some ridiculous price. And maybe the way they got around like, okay, we'll give you this for free now, but instead of giving you a few loot boxes for free, event loot boxes for free, You don't get any of that. You can just earn some skins, which I find a little annoying. I would have liked to have earned one or two loot boxes for the event. But um, I did end up getting a few boxes and just testing my luck. And thankfully, I got the Bloodhound skin, which I think is amazing. He's basically like a a jack-o'-lantern. Kind of like, uh, what's his name? It's it's not Ichabod Crane, right? That's not him. Um, The Headless Horseman. Is that a kebab grain? That that name's coming to mind, but then I'm like, what is that from? What is that name from? But I also got the caustic clown skin, which is super freaking creepy. I, I got pretty lucky with my packs. One of them had two legendary items in it. And then I crafted a few of the things I didn't want. So that, that, that's a nice thing too, is that you can craft the things if you have the crafting materials, though the legendary items are more expensive to craft than just traditional legendary items. But they cost like they cost the same amount of real world dollars to buy, but they cost more crafting materials than other le- like it's it's a weird s I, I don't like that. But um, yeah the 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 way they deal with microtransactions for these events is still too pricey, and I, I do it because. You know, I, I like supporting the game because I've put so much time in it. I've played over four thousand matches. I adore the game. It is my game of the year. It will be my game of the year. There's there's no way that anything's gonna top it. Um so I don't mind supporting them. Um But yeah. Not not a huge fan of that. You know, I wouldn't and like I said, I'm never going to like I love Bloodhound. I will make sure I get every Bloodhound thing available but i did not get that heirloom set because i'm i think it's horse shit to have something for a specific legend that requires you to buy a bunch of shit for other legends that you may not use at all you know my main is bloodhound and i don't mind playing as a few others but i do not play as all the the legends and i only play as certain ones if there's a challenge and i'm like yeah I'll, I'll go after this challenge and being forced to Get skins for characters I'll never use, like for Watson. I don't like Watson. I think Watson is the probably most garbage character in the game, and I don't like her. But I'm gonna have to get this for her. And like, I don't use this gun or that gun. I gotta get skins for those if I want to get this air. Like, it's poor in that sense. But um, yeah, Shadowfall is a decent mode, but I prefer team play, and because of that, and the fact that like I. I not a huge fan of the fact that the stats cure like and also the stats were broken initially i guess and people were able to get the 20 kill badge killing shadows and stuff like that so that's pretty annoying too they should remove that from people who got it that way or do something but um yeah i don't i don't feel like as much as i love apex i don't feel like respawn Cares as much about the community as I feel like they should, or it could just be myself. Like it, it just feels like they could maybe use a better community manager or something there. Because I just, whenever these things are going on and people require, I don't feel like there's a good sense of hey or a response from there. Because I've heard other people complain about things with the, the Shadowfall mold and stuff. But uh, moving on, so I played a bit of this game, Ping Redux, which is little bite-sized game and the way it works is that there's like a target I played through the first two or three areas and there's this target, I don't remember what the hell it is exactly but you want to hit it with your ball box um, that you, you flick around and basically you're trying to get the highest score possible get a gold, silver, bronze medal and the way this works is by limiting the number of ricochets off of walls and stuff like that and how many um, hits, I guess, you use. Because in some of the levels, you can, while the ball is moving around the space, you can then push the analog stick again to retarget it and hit it again, um, which slows down time and everything. It's really simple. But it, it's fun, it's addictive, it's easy to just say one more, one more, one more. I, I did it, I, I just booted it up to see what it was like. And I was like, I'll play more of this later, because it was, I think, pretty late at night. And then I just kept playing, and I'm like, after playing through 20, 25 levels, I'm like, I need to take a break, take a break? I needed to take a break, and, you know, go to sleep. <laughs> That's what I did. But it, it, it's a fun little game. And I, I think it's maybe like $5, which is a really good price. Each level also, I think each level consists of like eight levels and then one boss fight. And the bosses are interesting. One of them is like an asteroids level where you have to bounce off these asteroids 40 times and you have 1,000 additional shots you can do. So that that is a level that if you want could last a very long time because the asteroids keep um being replenished in the environment and there was another one that just involved hitting like this giant ball and having your ball ricochet in many ways and avoiding the, the like projectiles that it would shoot out i forget what the first one was though but yeah i like it it's it's nice simple it of course would be I, i'm not sure if it's on other platforms but it would feel really good on a Switch. It is a Switch-ass game if any game is a Switch-ass game it's ping redux and if, if it is available I would highly recommend checking it out. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how long it is in total but if you're somebody who also wants to go after gold medals that could take some time and it's just it's fun to mess around in. Decent music too I was surprised. I mean the music is decent. Some some of the songs are better than others, but um, better than expected music. I, I I honestly wasn't expecting much from this because it it doesn't look like it. I think like the key art, the box art reminded me of like Xbox Live Indie Games, and that I say as not a good thing. But in actually playing, I'm like, oh, I like this. And then I played. A bit of Ghostbusters Remastered, and the thing that comes, not that comes to mind first, but the thing I feel like needs to be mentioned first and foremost is that if you have the original game and the means to play it, or if you have the means to play it and don't have the original game, I would recommend picking that up instead of Ghostbusters Remastered. Unless all you care about is playing by yourself. And why I say that is because the remaster does not have co-op of any kind. There's there's no multiplayer. So you can't play online. You can't play locally. And I was surprised. When I first booted up the game, I'm like, huh, I thought there was multiplayer in this. I th- wasn't there multiplayer in the original? Because I was getting excited thinking, you know, maybe I'll play through the remaster with my dad. And I booted up the original just to make sure I wasn't losing my mind. And, yeah, that, that does have online... Up in and local play and that's a real bummer and i've seen conflicting stories about whether or not there's any attempt or, or whether they're going to be working on online one story said yeah they're going to uh do it in a future update for free and all that but no time frame on that another one said that there's there's no word on anything of that sort so i don't know what the future looks like for multiplayer in Ghostbusters Remastered, but I will say that regardless of whether the, the story about them working on it for a future update is true, that I I would not expect to see it anytime soon, and based on how well the game sells, you may never end up seeing it, and I feel like a lot of people don't even know this game came out. Uh, I, I, I don't know how well this game has sold. Like, it's a good game, too. I uh, yeah, I played through it uh, the original version and I enjoyed it. You know, it's a solid like seven out of ten. It's a solid game. It's not super memorable, but for fans of Ghostbusters, of course, it's worth playing because you have the original cast and they actually did voice work I think for it. Um, I mean, their voices are in it, but they could all I am they're yeah. I'm, I'm I played it and I'm like, yeah, this stuff wasn't in the movie. You play as just a, a voiceless random white dude. Which kind of sucks. It would be nice if your character had more personality. don't know why is it personality like that. But I play through a bit of it. The frame rate seems better. Seems to be around like 30 frames per second. I'm, I'm still not able to gauge frame rate in any kind of accurate way. So I'm just spitting things out of my ass. The frame rate for like in-game cutscenes seemed really off. The The character movement seemed really jittery. It was, it was really weird and off-putting. I did not like it. But I have no idea as a frame rate thing, drop frames, or what the hell was going on. But it was weird the way they were moving. But the game is definitely cleaner. A- at some points, it almost looks too clean, where you just see how and the textures are um, in this day and age. You know, it almost feels like having sharpening turned on on your TV. Uh, but it looks solid overall. And I, it plays better because I'm going back and playing the original. It, it felt sluggish, and the the remaster feels smoother. But of course, you don't get to play with the buddy if that's what you want to do. Uh, what else is there to mention? Both games still don't allow you to skip cutscenes, which is just annoying. I, I did look into the the development of the game, and it seems like it was a really crazy uh, development situation in that. They had to get the rights from this place, and then they had to get, like, they got the art assets, I believe, from Sony, but the code assets, all the other coding was with Atari, which they had to work a deal with. They got that from there. The cinematic assets weren't anywhere to be found, but they found one of the lead artists who worked on the original game who had a hard drive in a storage container or something who ended up having those assets all in super high quality so they're able to get 4k remasters of that or whatever like the the journey of them getting this game out and i guess part of the reason why multiplayer isn't there the main reason why multiplayer isn't there is because they had six different versions of multiplayer and they weren't sure which was the one that was used for the final game because all of them were based on incomplete versions of the the main game i guess so they ended up opting not to put it in there at all and yeah it's it's not bad or anything but I it is really disappointing to find out that it's lacking a key feature something that i think was a big part of the original game and why a lot of people liked it i believe it's 30 bucks so it is half price of a regular game but at the same time it is a 10 year old game that doesn't have any additional content it just has missing content um it's kind of hard to recommend unless you don't give any shits about multiplayer if you you only care about playing this by yourself yeah sure Um, but if if you want to play it with a buddy then just know that you can't do that Um, that, that's pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing watch some stuff Uh, I'm all caught up with one piece which is crazy, and I kind of don't know what to do with my life. But at this point, I feel like I've said at this point a thousand times already this podcast. But um, I am thinking about rewatching a bunch of series that I've rated highly, or just series in my entire watch list that I look at and I see the score and I'm like, huh, really, really. And I started with the Kawaii Complex to manner and hostile behavior I think is the full title and I had that as a nine and I knew it wouldn't drop but I was like I really wonder if this is a 10 for me and yep it is 100% a 10 for me I adore that series so much I adore the manga I wish that series had more seasons it is so good and the thing about it is that like it has maybe the most honest true-to-life portrayal of a crush and the development of a crush into deeper feelings and the way two inexperienced kids, basically like fifteen-year-olds, would act around one another. One of them being more interested in the other than the other one, um, but both of them growing to like each other more and more and open up. And in addition to that, you have them living in this little manner. Uh, with some adults who add a lot of sexual sexual humor, that is very amusing to me. I think it's a very very funny show, but also has a great amount of heart. I love the art. I love the the color palette. Like I, I just love so much about the series. I think it is absolutely wonderful. And the manga, if you do watch the series, is fantastic as well and available via the Crunchyroll manga app. You can watch the show on Crunchyroll and then you can just keep enjoying the the characters by playing the or by reading the manga. And then I think I'm going to uh, watch No Game No Life after this. But I, I did at least find one series this season, a new series that I really really like and that is Stars Line, which is on Funimation and it is about a soft tennis club. And it also includes some heavier material, uh, some domestic violence, and the way it was handled in the first episode was very true to life, very real, very accurately disturbing. And it, it has me a little concerned just because over the course of a season, how will it be handled? But if they are able to treat it with as much care... And respect as they have respect is a weird word to use it but if they treat it with as much care and and honesty as they have with the first episode then things will be alright but it was just a a very jarring change of tone uh, at the end of the episode yeah I think that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast once again I am your host Marcus Ness y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage the site is of course pixelatedsaucers.com, where you can find this podcast, see Pixelated Paranormal podcast, and Attack the Backlog, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And we are now available on Pandora. All the shows are available on Pandora. You can only see them when using the app. You can't, like, check the website. But um, that is a cool bit of news. We're on Pandora. Do people still use Pandora? Well, if you do, use it. You can use it to listen to the podcast. And if you'd like to watch the video version of this here show or attack the backlog, you can go over to youtubecom Sausage and watch them both there. If you see, if you want to check out the if you want to check out the art I make You can go over to pxsart.com. If you see something you like, click the link, and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. If you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend. Bye-bye.